It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Avalanche fans, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whenever and wherever you may be listening. And thank you for joining the Locked On Avalanche Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am your host, Chris Maselli, with another episode of the podcast dedicated to your Colorado Avalanche. It is Friday, Fandom Friday segment that we do every Friday, and this one I've just got to jump right into because uh, once again we've gone a little bit long with the Fandom Friday segments, which is great. Uh, but today we have Eric Jensen on, and before we get to him, I just want to throw out our social media avenues in which you can follow the show LOPN underscore Avalanche on Twitter, search for Locked On Avalanche on instagram and send any questions comments concerns opinions things you like the avalanche are doing things that you don't like that they're doing uh trade deadline deals that you wish they had made if you want to be on this fandom friday segment drop me a line at lockdownavalanche at gmail.com we are going to jump into the fandom friday segment right now because as you will see early on eric is a passionate guy and we go in a couple different directions when we I typically have a formula of questions I want to ask people and if we go off on different avenues that's completely fine and as you will see we do because Eric is he he has a lot to say all of it is is fantastic which is why I want people on these segments so let's jump right in right now Eric Jensen Fandom Friday My name is Paul Stewart, a third-generation Irishman from Dorchester, Mass. I made it to the NHL as both a player and a referee. I was even elected to the U.S. Hockey Hall of Fame. When I was skating, I had my share of lumps and bumps. I gave a few back, too. As a stand-up old-school guy, I've always been hesitant to try fads, but recently I became a big fan of a company called Easy Feeling Wellness. A hockey buddy sent me 1,000 milligrams of intensive relief rub. Easy Feeling markets a line of natural plant-based hemp extract products, including gummies, soft gels with melatonin, and tinctures. Their motto is to enjoy every day, which all of us banged-up baby boomers and old skaters can relate to. Easy Feeling products are non-addictive. They don't get you high, and they're perfectly legal. Give Easy Feeling a try by going to easyfeelingwellness.com. They will even give you 20% off your first order by using my special code PS20. Easy feeling wellness. Enjoy every day. Don't Luca now, but the Los Angeles Clippers might be in trouble. From our local experts to your ears, these are the biggest stories on the Locked On Podcast Network. Dallas Mavericks forward Luka Doncic dropped a triple-double and an overtime buzzer-beating three-pointer to tie their series with the Los Angeles Clippers. You have to listen to Locked On Mavericks today for a very hype Nick Angstadt. To the NFL, where 77 positive COVID tests from 11 teams were re-examined by a New Jersey lab. All of those tests have now come back negative. For the latest on the NFL's quest to return, subscribe to Locked On NFL and the new Peacock and Williamson NFL show. And finally, sources tell ESPN's Adam Schefter that Baltimore Ravens quarterback Lamar Jackson missed two training camp practices due to a groin injury. Listen to Locked On Ravens for the latest on the reigning MVP and why the team released Earl Thomas. Local experts on the biggest stories. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. 
All right, so welcome back. And like I said in the opening segment, it's Friday, which is another Fandom Friday segment. And today we have Avalanche fan Eric Jensen on the show. Eric, how are you doing today, sir? What up? I'm doing well. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. And uh, we were talking a little bit before we went live here and you it's kind of like six or what is it six degrees seven degrees of separation six degrees of separation of like uh, you know you know everybody in in the world through six different people and you actually know our leader and founder mr Locke of locked on podcasts through your your everyday job is that correct yeah, uh, I have never met Mr. Locke in in person, only heard him call over the phone. I am a very low-level employee at uh, 1280 The Zone, which is a, a radio station out here in Utah. I'm the station that carries all the jazz games. So uh, he is, of course, the play-by-play voice of them. Right. And um, I have recorded Super Bowl broadcasts for him and, and uh, certain Kevin Harlan joints as he is a consummate professional and likes to go back and pick up on Kevin Harlan as he thinks, as he should, that Kevin Harlan is the best in the game at doing the whole commentary thing, which I would tend to agree with, maybe outside of Mike Tirico. For me to go Doc Emmerich, Mike Tirico, and then Kevin Harlan, personally. But you didn't ask me about my broadcasting power (laughs) rankings. I'm sorry. I tend tend to ramble sometimes. I love it. And and I think that those are, yeah, those are like Mount Rushmore people. I've always liked Dick Enberg. I mean, I know he's, he's, you know, gone. What he died last year? I think it was Dick Enberg, mm-hmm. but he's always been my favorite announcer, but uh, yeah, that that's pretty great. I mean, I, I did not know that up until maybe five minutes ago that you, you work for the same company as he does. And, and you, like you said, you are, you live in, in Utah, correct? Yeah. Yeah. I, I live in Salt Lake. Um, and born so and you are here. okay. So you are a a Utah Jazz fan, then? Uh yes. Uh, but it, it, I I didn't grow up like watching the Jazz because they're like a cable TV joint, and I did not have cable TV growing up. Uh, mm-hmm. but 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 the local sports team here that I probably follow the closest is actually our soccer franchise. Huh. I follow Real Salt Lake really closely. Uh, but I, I do watch a ton of jazz games and for work, I obviously have to watch a ton of jazz games, but I would not consider myself the most diehard jazz fan, which I think is good when you're working in media and you kind of have to be, uh, objective. Very good point. Very good point. Um, so then let's bring this to the avalanche. Then you are obviously a Colorado avalanche fan. How did that come about? for someone born and raised in, in Salt Lake City, Utah, not that far away from Colorado, obviously. Is it, was it just because you're, you know, the vicinity and, and you know, what then people in Utah, who is their hockey team really? Is it the Avalanche? Is we, it because you're kind of in so, an interesting area? Yeah, so I'll that's like two questions. I'll answer how I got into this first because I do want to get into your second question because I think Utah as a hockey market is fascinating. Okay. Um, but I got into it. Uh, so my dad's actually from Colorado. Uh, okay. My dad was born and raised in Boulder, Colorado. Um, he grew up while – now, I am not good on history. So please, if you are a diehard Avalanche fan and you are listening to this, do not judge me too hard. That's but quite he right. be, became a fan 
right when the original franchise, right when Meraki's left to, for New Jersey. Mm-hmm. Um, correct. I'm I'm getting that right. Yeah. <laughs> and, yep. and then he was kind of brought back into the fold when they moved back in ninety five or ninety six or whenever it was. Right. Okay. So. But he was a a diehard kind of Colorado Rockies fan uh, growing up. Didn't follow the team to New Jersey, obviously. And then when the Avalanche came in, uh, he was uh, switched to being an Avalanche fan. And me and my dad, um, we just we we watch most all the games together. Like I said, we don't really have cable television or anything, so. We're very much kind of box score hockey fans, if that makes sense. But we watch all the highlight packages. We watch every single goal that's ever been scored by the Colorado Avalanche for the past six years I've seen. Um, I'm very proud of that. Um, And I, I, I honestly started recently just watching the full games because I don't know. I, I mean, I don't know if I can say this on this podcast, but I use <laughs> illegal online streaming. <laughs> uh, okay. Being here, being here in in Salt Lake City to steal from the fine folks at Altitude Sports, and uh, but I fi- I figured you know they're kind of giving a raw deal to the Comcast people or whoever in Colorado. So I mean, what's no harm no foul, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. All right. So then get to the second part of it about, you know, like you said, it's an interesting area for Utah and hockey. I'm sure, you know, being the state that it is, they do enjoy winter sports. Um, So who in, in the realm of the hockey world and obviously the NHL in particular, who do people in that area typically follow? Yeah. So we aren't, for as much as you just said about it being like a winter sports state, it is not a hockey market. It, hmm. it really is not a hockey market at all. I mean, I believe at this point they're an AHL team. We have the Salt Lake Grizzlies, who I believe are now, they used to be an affiliate of the, I want to say they used to be an affiliate of the Avalanche, but don't quote me on that. But I'm pretty sure mm-hmm. they are the AHL team currently for the Ducks. Um, which is weird because like, why would a Southern California hockey team, uh, choose Salt Lake city as their, uh, minor league city. But I mean, I guess that's that way all across the country. So, but there aren't really hardcore hockey fans here. I've met maybe one or two, but they're usually transplants from other parts of the nation. It's if you grew up playing hockey, obviously you're a hockey fan. And then if you're from a hockey market, you're a hockey fan. And my dad didn't grow up playing hockey, but he's from a hockey market. So that is the reason I am a hockey fan. But I love hockey. I would say my main sport is football. I cover that on a, a football podcast I have. And my sec- and I cover a ton of college football for my job living here in Utah, as well as the NBA. But uh, one of the main reasons I really gravitated towards the avalanche, I guess, is that hockey is really the one sport where I'm just a pure kind of diehard fan. Like, honestly, I might have a tad bit of analysis here or there, but like, I love the Colorado avalanche. I'm mm-hmm. really pessimistic about all my sports teams, but the avalanche, I always find a positive spin on. Uh, <laughs> I, I love the team. I'm like a typical kind of, I see 
you know, you hate to be that annoying fan on Twitter that's always like, oh, yeah, my team's the best. But I, I really am that way with the Colorado Avalanche. They're the only team that, like, and I love the Broncos. They're, they're my NFL team. But the, okay. the Avalanche are really the team that, like, if you sat me down on a couch and gauged my emotion, they would provide the most emotion, would be the Colorado Avalanche. Really? Yeah. That's all right. Well, I know like the, the, the Grizzlies do have an affiliation with the avalanche. Um, cause I believe they're the, what is it? Like the ECHL league. ECHL, yeah. 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 And they, and they I do have AHL was wrong. The, yeah, the AHL is a different team, but the, the ECHL, I'm pretty sure they still do have an affiliation with, with the avalanche. So, um, so yeah, so it, you are a Broncos fan, so you kind of have gravitated towards uh, Colorado sport teams. Um, so, I, you know, not going too far off base is is you're, you're an Avalanche fan, you're a Broncos fan. Did it keep up with like you know? You said you're not too much into the Jazz. Does that mean you're more into the Nuggets? No, the not really. It, it it kind of it kind of stops there as far as Colorado. Um, fandom goes i okay. i recently got into baseball just because we have a minor league baseball team here and my job actually deals very that's the sport i cover the most um gotcha. is bait is baseball so, so i cover the bees really closely so i actually follow the avalanche and the cincinnati sorry not the avalanche the angels and the cincinnati okay. reds really closely and then nba it's it's the jazz but i have been watching more nba this year just to get a feel of kind of the entire league and man the nuggets not to get too far off track but the nuggets <laughs> are having a good year they're playing are really they? well right I, now i don't really yeah. follow nba so I, I couldn't really tell you if they weren't but if they are great that's awesome yeah they're, um, they're having a good season right now that's good all right um so what can you remember about like your early days of avalanche fandom was it you know back in the joe sackick patrick waugh peter forsberg days or oh, no, was, no, was no. it more I, more I, recent I, I'm very young i am uh I'm, I'm 20 years old i was a wee uh, baby when uh, my dad's favorite story to tell me is um when they won the cup back in what was it 2000 um i was on his lap I was uh -huh. on his lap in our in our front living room while he was doing laundry. So technically, I have been alive for a cup, but okay. I have never personally seen the Avalanche win a cup. I I got into sports in general. I love them now, but I got into sports pretty late later than your typical kid. I really started only following when I was in about eighth or ninth grade. Right. So I really got into the Avalanche like kind of the Matt Duchesne years, um, twenty. 13 was the first time I followed the team super closely. I believe that was the first year we had Barlamov on the team. Um, so yeah, that, that is, that is kind of when I started following the team. And then I've gotten much more into it this year because I'm watching a ton more of their games and, mm -hmm. but I've always followed them uh, pretty closely. I, I love hockey. It's just so much fun to watch. Oh yeah. It's the, it's, it's the greatest sport there is. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I, in my opinion, you know, and, and I'm not just because I do a, a podcast involving a hockey team. It's just it's it's the the sport where every second that is ticking off the clock, there's action going on. No other yeah. sport can claim that. None. Yeah. 
I, I was thinking about that. Like, I was thinking, like, as we got into this, I was like, how big a, I was kind of questioning myself. I was like, how big a hockey fan am I? And if I had to be put on, like, a desert island with one sport, as much as I watch football and as much as I love football, I think I'd have to choose hockey because oh, I get footballed cool. out after after a little while. Like, after the football season's done, I'm ready to stop watching football for a few months. 100%. Uh, but I... With with this caveat, if I were on a desert island, I'd request to watch hockey from the months of December on, and I'd be I'd be fine for life. Right, yeah, because like I'm with you with the football thing. Like I love football, and I get excited when football season's here. I'm a big Broncos fan, and when when the Super Bowl is over, I I am like you said, I am footballed out. And now like this whole like XFL thing. Has like yeah, it picked I can't up right away, and I'm like, I don't want that. I, I'm done with football. Yeah. And it's nothing against the XFL, but I'm just I'm 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 over football. But a hockey game, I can sit down and watch a hockey game because you know there there's a more likelihood that that is going to be an entertaining, close game with no real. It could go either way. When in football, you pretty much know who's going to win. Sure, you get those upsets, but in hockey. Any day, any team can win, and it, the the parity in hockey is unmatched in any in any sport. My opinion. Yeah, I, I I would totally agree with you. I mm-hmm. I mean, you look at it. You, I stand by the fact too that hockey has everyone loves to say, "Oh, March Madness, NFL playoffs, those are the best playoffs." They're wrong. They're just totally wrong. The best playoffs are the Stanley Cup playoffs because you can get an eight seed like the. Los Angeles Kings a few years ago that go all the way that go all the the way and win a cup. The Tampa Bay Lightning swept the best team in the entire league. Mm -hmm. Swept them. The Lightning didn't even get one game on them. (laughs) (laughs) That is that is the most parody you can have in sports. And I think it's the most exciting you know nothing about the playoffs, which is why this year I'm a little bit nervous, and I know we'll get into that later. But you just literally once you're in the playoffs, anyone has a chance to win the Stanley. Oh, absolutely. Anyway. Yep. And I, I, the the old saying for anybody that's like not into hockey but wants to get into hockey is it the thing is always I can't watch it on TV, and oh, I I like it much better live and. I just don't feel like that holds water anymore. Just the, the the action is 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 as entertaining, maybe if not more, at home than it is being at an arena. So, uh, and I've turned a lot of people on. But what I will tell people, like you said, because the playoffs are really where it's at, um, I will tell people that really want to get into hockey. If you want to get into hockey, start at the playoffs. Yeah, because those just games watch the are playoffs just every year. Yep. What's that? Yeah, just watch the playoffs every year. That's really kind of how I got got into it. Like when I was, it, it hockey is probably just because my dad's a really diehard hockey fan. Like the first sporting event event I remember ever watching on TV was that uh, way back in like two thousand. Probably it was like 2008 or nine when Bruins uh, Canucks that seven game series with Luongo and Tim Thomas uh, mm. back in the day. Um, and man, yeah, hockey playoffs are just the best. You're absolutely right. You should start there. I don't, and you're right. Like, 
I get why people say watching live hockey is great because as someone who doesn't really ever, I've been to three Colorado Avalanche games mm-hmm. in my time. I think I'm bad luck, though, because I'm pretty sure we're like one and two in those three games. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I went to like the Stars game, the first Stars game this year in November when I went back to go see a Broncos game because um, my uncle has season tickets for the, for the Broncos. And I was just in town and the Avs were playing and I was like, oh, I just got to they were they started so good. I was like, I got to be part of this season. Um, and. It sucked because they lost that game. <laughs> they lost that game like, what What was it? Pro- I don't know if you have good recall on this stuff, but it was probably like 2-1 I think they lost to the Stars early on in the year. It was probably the worst game they played in 10 games. Um, it was something but, like that, I think, yeah. But yeah, you, the, the one thing that stood out to me is like, Holy cow, Nathan McKinnon's speed in person. Like <laughs> I I and this is to your point. I always I always get his speed on TV. I, I see it and I'm like, holy cow, that guy's fast. To me, there's no faster player in the NHL outside of Connor McDavid than Nathan right. McKinnon. Like yeah. Connor McDavid, I I I have undying respect for him. I think by, far and away he's the best player in hockey, but the second fastest and best player in hockey is Nathan McKinnon. And to see him live the way they use him on that power play where they just let him get a full speed of full steam of ice from the defensive zone through the neutral zone, man, that's like crazy to watch in person. Absolutely. So I, I get the allure of in-person hockey as well. Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, you're probably too young to remember, but uh, when when the NHL was on Fox, they had the a a, a they had a, a what the heck was it called a a hollow a hologram puck or something like oh man it's the name is escaping me. But if you were watching on TV, they always had a, a blue uh, light like sh- following the puck. Every, fans hated it, and whenever a slap shot was taken, there was like a trail of red coming from it. From it almost looked like a <laughs> comet. It was the dumbest thing in the world. That sounds uh, awful. Puck. It was like a glow puck or something like that. And that I tell awful. people, what's that? <laughs> that sounds awful. That it was legitimately so dumb. sounds like it would take away from my enjoyment of a game. <laughs> it was so dumb. And it it's just Fox trying to come up with something new and creative. And it, and it failed massively. You can go on YouTube and, and look it up. It's either like glow puck or hologram puck. I can't remember what the hell they called it, but it was dumb. But I tell people like Nathan McKinnon is so fast. If they still had that technology, it would just be a trail of red behind him the entire time he's just skating around he is he's that fast he's, he's like he's like a a slap shot that's constantly skating around and it's just fun to watch him yeah. so um i mean we're on the topic so why don't we get into this year's team you've been to a couple games um i'm sure you have to be happy with how the team is performing this year what's your overall impression of uh this season's colorado avalanche I I think that so rarely in sports do teams live up to the hype, but this team truly lived up to the hype because everyone going into last offseason was saying, okay, it's just that top line and we don't have any depth and we need depth. And so Joe Sackett over the summer was like, okay, I'm going to get us like the most depth in the NHL. And look at us now, like, holy cow, like, I was looking at some of the stats here. If I can, I'm kind of a stat head myself just because I don't, because for so many years I didn't watch a game. There, there are like 
outside of maybe maybe uh Kamnev who has kind of been a disappointment this year like everyone has produced like quality points like I believe they have like 10 guys who have like 10 or more points and it's crazy how spread out they are and I get that Nathan McKinnon's still the heavy workload guy but they have one, two, three, four, forty plus scorers or more. Like that's crazy to me. So that's that's a number one thing that stands out to me is how deep this team is and how deep they've been, even though they've been like one of the most injured teams in the entire NHL. It's just it it gives me kind of goosebumps thinking like, what if we get Kadri and Miko back in in two weeks or whatever? And what if they get hot going into the playoffs? Like, how are you going to stop that roster? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, like, like you said, that that was the sticking point for them last year. Everybody calling them a one-line team, and Sackick went out and did what a good GM does and got some secondary scoring. And, and the, the funny thing is, yeah, that secondary scoring has been great, but a lot of it's been injured, and all these guys are just stepping up and picking up the slack. So these guys that you had signed in the offseason, expecting them to be the the secondary scoring, have been, but so have the people that have been taking their place when they're injured. So it's like secondary scoring, tertiary scoring, just all all levels of scoring, and it's just showing up on the stat sheet, like you said. I mean, they I want to look that up, see how many uh, double-digit scores they have. It's got to be. Yeah, I, I, I have it up. Let me. This is terrible podcasting. Let me count them out loud. So Nathan <laughs> McKinnon has 88 points. Kale McCarr is 47 points. Burkowski has 45. Miko Rantanen, 41. Gabriel Landeskog, 37. Kadri has 36. Gerard has 34. Donskoy has 32. That alone is 830-plus point scorers. That's crazy. That's good. Uh, J.D. Comfer has 28. Vlad Nechuskin has 26. I've Although I know he hasn't been there quite as long with some of his call-ups and call-downs. Uh, but that's still really good. Ryan Graves has 26 points, and I've run out of hands. 25, <laughs> 25 points for Matt Calvert, 25 points for Ian Cole, 22 points for Tyson Jost. Man, I didn't realize. 20 points for Matt Nieto. 20 points for therefore Pierre Edward Belmar has 20 points. That's crazy. And I know yeah. he's he has played so well this year. That's 15 players with 20 points or more on this team. And then there's two more 13 point scorers in Zadorov and Johnson. That's 17 guys that have scored over 10 points. That's crazy. That's, That's like nuts. your entire roster is having a career year, basically. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that that is – and it's a team that, as young as they are, has been together for, for a good amount of time, with the exception of the additions in the in last season, clearly. But before that, all these guys have been together for a good amount of time, and that's a big reason why Sackick did not want to blow it up at trade deadline time. Because he he likes the camaraderie on this team, and those stats you just rattled off are the reason why. So why why you know throw this into chaos just to bring in a couple guys? If you're happy with what you got and the the stats show that things are going well, 
keep rolling with it, you know? And the crazy part about it, Chris, is if these guys are healthy, if if not because yeah. everyone on this, it feels like every one of those guys I just listed has picked up an injury at some point this year. If we have a guy who's played, like you look at Nathan McKinnon, who's played almost every game, he has 88 points. Like imagine, imagine if Miko Rantanen and Gabriel Landeskog did not get hurt this year. Like mm-hmm. there's potential that they'd be like 70 point scorers. Like it is at, at this point in the season. I don't think that's crazy to say. I don't know. Uh, uh, they were last year. They when when they were that you know quote unquote one line team. All three of them were having career years. Uh, Rantanen was was leading the the league in points for a good chunk of the season, and then he tailed off at the end. And Landeskog was consistent to consistent the entire season. Um, and you're right. If they didn't get injured with all of that extra help that they have, they, who knows where they would be right now? But I, Landeskog got off to a rough start. I mean, he was hurt early on. He's been playing fantastic. That it was it, it was good to see him. If we can jump into like recency bias, it was yep. good to see him get off the schneid against Anaheim. It had been a little while since he had gotten a goal, and it was really good to see him score, especially with how pretty that goal was too. Just a terrific kind of snipe into the top left corner. It was the Landeskog one or the McKinnon one. The Landeskog one. The was Landeskog it left one? or right? <laughs> uh, it was far down. What... I remember that. Yeah, uh, the 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 McKinnon one I remember more than the Landeskog one, but um, McKinnon himself he got off the Schneid because he, he, which is not typical for him to go as long as he did without a goal. Yeah, uh, but it's only a matter of time before you know he's going to net one because he's just that skilled. So um, let's get into what you think how this season is going to finish up for the Colorado Avalanche. What is your completely unbiased opinion on where the Colorado Avalanche are headed for the remainder of this season. Ooh, so that's a tough one. Uh, the biggest thing that concerns me about this team is the overtime stuff. Like I, I was reading some Colorado hockey now. I, I don't have a subscription, but I was reading like their free blurb and they led last night's game recap with, they're like something like seven and twenty in overtime over the past two years. That is yeah, crazy not... to me. I, I do not understand. I, I want to ask your question. I'm sorry I didn't answer your question here, but I'm curious <laughs> as to what you, as to what you think about that because me and my me and my dad talk about this stuff and we just we cannot figure it out. Like they should have with Nathan McKinnon, they should have the perfect overtime team. Like they should mm. never ever lose an overtime game and they, they, they can't seem to win them what do you it think is, the issue is I, it is one of the great mysteries of this team i've talked about it many times on this show and it's just something that you can't figure out with with the talent that's on this team when you go to three on three and you have it all seems that... like a team built for three on three <laughs> yeah i mean with the speed that they have and the skill that yeah. they have and you have all this open ice uh, why they can't find a way to to close these games out in overtime, I, I cannot. I can't figure it out. I can't figure it out. Some of it is bad luck. I mean, uh, but there's other times where there's other times where they're not even getting an opportunity, and they're just giving up giving up a goal early in the in the OT session. And sometimes, like when they do have a possession, 
it's just ugly. It's like they don't know where they're going. It's gotten better, I feel. Uh, that The overtime game the other day against Anaheim was just brutal. Not only that they'd lost it with a second left, but they had opportunities. And at least they're yeah. starting to get that. Because there was a long stretch of time where they weren't even getting like a shot on goal. And you're like, what is going on here? Is it, are, are we, are we just we're shooting ourselves in the foot? Like how, how, how is this possible with the skill on this team? But I have not been able to figure it out. I don't know why. Yeah. So that is one thing that kind of concerns me. I really hope that doesn't follow this team to the playoffs because they, they are getting into the playoffs. I'm a hundred percent confident in that in this point. I don't know how many points they have left. It feels like they should be close to clinching um, at, at this uh, point, maybe like five or six games off. But Depending on what happens with other teams and stuff like that. It, uh, yeah, it's it's probably – I haven't honestly looked, at, looked up uh, how it could work out for them and how early they could do it. But, I mean, we're in the last month, so right. it's, it's going to happen shortly. Yeah, so I – like our chances, um, I I hope we get Group Hour back soon. Uh, mm-hmm. I know that everyone loves Pavel French, though. I'm not entirely sold on him personally. Um, I think he's good, but I think he needs a break, and I I, I think he does better when he's not playing every single night. Right. Um, so I hope Grubauer gets back soon. Also, I heard a bunch of people last night saying that that goal was his fault for some reason. Like that shot was like damn near unstoppable. He went left shelf and that took a deflection off Sam Gerard's stick. Like, I don't know how you expect him to. Oh, the overtime one. Yeah. Yeah. No, that, that was, did you think that was stoppable? Cause I, I watch ESPN pluses like hockey highlight show sometimes. And Barry Melrose was like, Oh yeah, he's totally able to stop that, and I'm like, no, he's not. That's like top chatter. Like, there's no way you're gonna get that. It, it did the the way Gerard's stick was angled. It almost was like a launching pad for that that puck. And um, yeah, it, it was. I mean, is it stoppable? I think it was stoppable, but it was it was a difficult save to make. So you can't put that on. You can't put that solely on him. No, I don't agree with that. Yeah, but uh, I'm sorry. I ramble so much. Um, it's great, man. It's I, awesome. <laughs> I, 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 I'm, uh, I, I think they have a real shot to go to the conference finals. Everyone, everyone in the West scares me except the Stars, and I know that's so dumb since they struggled against the Stars so much this year. Yeah. Really, anyone, anyone out of the Central Division scares the crap out of me just because they were I, – I, that was the other thing. I like – I cannot figure out why they could not beat the stars or the blues this year. It, it seemed, um, it seems like they, the only team they've had success against in the division is Nashville, like at all. Yeah, right. And, um, still, even if they ran into Nashville in the playoffs, I'd be extremely scared of them in the Pacific. I'm scared of everyone. I think the West is generally more stacked than people are giving it credit for. I think everyone, like I said at the beginning of the episode, everyone has a shot to win the cup. But I, mm-hmm. I think the Colorado Avalanche, it's so hard to repeat if you're a defending Stanley Cup championship. So I see St. Louis getting past the first round, but I think Colorado would beat them in the second round. 
Because okay. I, I, I honestly don't think they're going to win the division. Um, they just... They have that one matchup with St. Louis at the end of the year that could be really crucial, but I just... I don't know if they quite have the firepower to keep up with what St. Louis is doing right now. Right. Um, but I think in right. the playoffs, they beat St. Louis. So I, I, I'd say I think they're like a Western Conference Finals team for sure. Okay. Well... Eric, I hate to do this, but uh, yeah, we we gotta we gotta wrap it up here. But I absolutely want you back on uh, in a future episode because you're passionate about this stuff. I love stat heads, um, and you're you're a stat guy. So definitely, absolutely, open invitation to come back on if that's something that you're open to down the road. Oh yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, I'll throw on my alternate Colorado Avalanche jersey which is like man i i dropped some coin on this when i went out to the game and i don't know last side tangent i promise i don't know why they keep wearing those home uniforms i don't get it they yeah. need to switch to the alternate as their full-time home jersey it's the best jersey in the nhl but i'm definitely happy to come back whenever you need me absolutely and why don't you throw out there you said you uh have a podcast of your own why don't you go plug that oh yeah no worries. Thank you very much for that opportunity. Endzone Podcast at Endzone Pod on Twitter. It's also on all your uh, podcast devices. Also, if you're an Avalanche fan, my Twitter handle's at Eric18Utah. I specifically want to shout out Nikki Fields, who I listened to on Fandom yeah. Friday. Please follow me because I'd love to like get more involved with Avalanche Twitter in general. I think that'd be a ton of fun. So, Yeah, Nikki was a great guest on here. We're going to have her back on probably soon as well. So awesome, man. Uh, I really, really appreciate it, Eric. We'll definitely have you on again. Um, and yeah, enjoy the rest of the season and we'll, we'll have you on sometime in the future. Sound good? Sounds good, my man. All Thank right, you. man. You got it. And we will return right after this. All right. So <clears throat> yeah, Eric, <laughs> how infectious is is his mentality towards uh, not only avalanche hockey, just everything in general, just a really good guy to talk to. Uh, definitely want to have him back because uh, kind of the stuff that I typically like to get to, we didn't, we didn't get to, and that that's fine. You know, we kind of went off in different directions, but uh, you can tell he is, he is passionate about what he does in his work and even, you know, with the Colorado avalanche. So, uh, awesome, awesome guest to have on. So we got to cut it short there because once again, we have gone a little bit longer than, uh, I'm supposed to, <laughs> but Hey, like I said, when you talk avalanche fans, I, I, I hate stopping them because it, it's just great conversation with great people. So if you want to be on this segment, drop me a line, locked on avalanche at gmail.com and we will schedule you in the fandom Friday segment. So uh, yeah, a lot of games coming up for the Avalanche this month, especially this weekend. So we'll be covering them all on Monday when the Avs will be playing the second of a back-to-back against the Kings on that Monday. But we'll see how they fare over the weekend. They're all important right now. So get as many points as we can collect. Have a very good weekend, everybody. We will see you on Monday. Here's Joby. Go, Abs, Go!